Turn with me, if you would, this morning in the holy, wonderful Word to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. The Bible said in verse 14, The kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered to them his goods. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took, he took his journey. So much here in every one of these words. Why did some receive more than others? The Lord knew their ability, didn't he? And why didn't he give the guy uh, that he gave two, why didn't he give him five also? Because he knew where his ability was. God's made all of us. He knows what's in us. He knows our gifts and our graces. He's the one who put them there and made us. But he went, there's something, two things going on here. One is our abilities in God, our talents and abilities, opportunities. And then the other is what we do with them. It's not just all in what God has given to you. So much of it is what we do with it. You can have wonderful opportunities and do nothing with them. Hmm? You can have... You know, wonderful abilities and talents and opportunities, but then you must be faithful with it. He goes on to say, He that received the five talents went and traded with the same and made other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he gained another two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. He didn't do like the other two individuals. He didn't try to use what he had and increase it. He just went and dug a hole and put it in it and covered it up, hid it. After a long time, the Lord of those servants comes and reckons with them. And he that received five talents came and brought another five talents and said, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Behold, I've gained beside them five talents more. Lord, we, we're able to double what you gave us. <laughs> you gave us that opportunity. You gave us that ability. You gave us those resources. And we did what we knew how to do with them. And glory to God, they doubled. Was the Lord happy about that? Was he pleased with that? The Lord said to him, well done. Well done, you good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. If you read Luke's account, he told him he's going to be ruler over ten cities. How many know in the kingdom of God to come, we're going to rule and reign with him? How many understand it's not going to be some kind of kingdom of God communism? Or socialism that we're all exactly the same. Some are going to rule over ten cities. Some are going to rule over five cities. Some may not rule over any cities. They're saved. But not rewarded the same. And not having the same place. The Bible said in the resurrection that people will differ like the stars do in glory. Well some starters are brighter than others. 
It's wonderful just being a star. <laughs> but uh, why not be a bright star if you can? Some folks are going to have to think about these things. Don't take my word for any of this. Look it up. It's in the Bible. Look it up. The guy that had two. Verse 22, he that had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. That's exactly what he told the guy that now has ten. He's got ten, this guy's got four, but the Lord gives him the same exact commendation, doesn't he? He said, well done, why? Because he didn't give him five. Has he done as well as the guy did with, that's got ten? Yeah, he doubled his, he doubled his. The amount's not the same, the size is not the same, but the faithfulness was the same. And that's what we get rewarded for. Faithfulness. We shouldn't get, you know, so focused on size and, and volume, amount. But we should be focused on doing the very best we know how to do with what we've got. Sometimes people say, oh, it doesn't matter to God if you got a church of 20 or if you got a church of 2,000 or 20,000. doesn't make any difference with Him. It's not the size that counts. Uh, the faithfulness matters. Amen. And if you got 20 and you're supposed to have 200, Amen. you're supposed to turn that 20 into 200, then you're not okay. If you got 2,000 and that 2,000 is supposed to become 15, and you put that on an individual basis, we're not to compare ourselves with each other. We're to compare ourselves with what God has given us, and are we doing the best we know how? Are we being faithful with what He's given us? Now these statements of Jesus, I mean, you've heard them, a lot of you have known them for years. Well done, you good and faithful servant. How many believe that this life is short? I mean, it's about this long, and we're going to be out of here, and soon and very soon, you and me, all of us going to be standing in front of the Lord. This is not a fairy tale. This is not just somebody's theory or idea. If you believe the Bible, if it's true, it has to be this way. Soon and very soon, all this is going to be over. You and I are going to be standing in front of the Lord. We're going to give an account of what we did in the body. On the earth, right? And what do we want to hear? Come on, tell me. What, what do we want to hear? Without exception, every one of you, every one of us want to hear. Well done, Keith. Well done, Bob and Susie and Tom and John. Well done. Good and what? Faithful servant, and he says it again, you have been faithful over a few things, now I'm going to make you ruler over much. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Are you going to want to hear that? 
Is it reasonable for us to think we're going to hear that if we have not been faithful? Now this is the part people don't want to think about. People want to be unfaithful. They want to be lazy. They want to be lax. You can't count on them for anything in church. They're not faithful on the job. They're not faithful to their family members. And yet some way or another, they think they're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Now when we get there, we will not be able to change it. Good news. We're not there yet. (laughs) Oh, come on. Now, good news. We are not standing there yet. We still got some time. We don't know how much we got, but how many understand if it's a day or another month or another 10 years, we still got opportunity to be faithful. And we know the Lord will forgive us of past unfaithfulness, right? He forgives us of all sins. He'll forgive us and cleanse us, and if we'll get faithful, we can still hear it. Even if we've been grossly unfaithful in times past, we can still hear it if we'll make the changes today and now. If this is true, and if you believe the Bible, you have to say it is, then we should be very interested in what it means to be faithful. And we should be examining ourselves. Am I faithful? Go with me, if you would, to the book of uh, Proverbs, please. Proverbs 20. Proverbs 20 and verse 6. It says, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. What do most men do? They're going to proclaim, they're going to tell what? Their own goodness. Goodness, they're going to tell you (laughs) how good they are. But I heard somebody a while back say, they said it in a funny way. This guy was telling them how amazing he was. And the other fellow said, yeah. He said, that's what I hear. (laughs) He said, now it's mostly you I'm hearing it from. He said, but that's what I hear. (laughs) So... Most people will tell you about how good they are, but read the rest of it. But what? But a faithful man, who can find? Who can find? Uh, The English version says, everyone talks about how loyal and faithful he is, but just try to find someone who really is. So is faithfulness a widespread uh, characteristic? According to the Bible, it's rare. Who can find? Didn't say there were none. (laughs) They're just not everywhere. Now there's a lot of people who will tell you they are. But who can find indicates that a whole lot of the ones that are saying they are, are not faithful. Well, it's not for me to judge you. Are you to judge me? But it is for us to judge ourselves. Am I faithful? 
And you don't need to be quick to answer that question, do you? Because we've already read, that's what most everybody does. It goes, oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, you can count on me. Oh yeah, yeah, I got you back. I'm your man. I'm solid. I'm. Well, the Bible said almost everybody says that. But when it comes down to it, they're not. But we got to make up our mind. We're going to be. We're going to be some of those rare ones. We won't tell you how faithful we are. We're going to show you. Hmm? <laughs> Don't tell me how you're going to back me up. <laughs> show me. Right? Oh, in the ministry, you hear a lot of stuff. I don't know at the times. We've heard people, you know. And uh, so I had a lady telling me something the other uh, while back, and, and she was going to sow all this money in the ministry. She was going to do all these wonderful things. And, and she finally said, you don't act all that excited. <laughs> I said, well, uh, I've heard a lot of things. I said, I appreciate your heart. Of course, she's not done any of it yet. It's been years. But was there, there was no need for me to jump up and down. All kind of people, you know, want to talk. Oh, you know, we're with you on this and we'll, we'll help you on this. And some way or another, they just, things change and they get busy and, and things change and they just don't have the time and, what it is, is if the Lord told you to do something, and you don't do it, you are unfaithful. You commit and say you're going to do something, and you don't do it. The Bible talks about it in Psalms. That's one of the characteristics of a, a godly individual and the kind of person God can bless. Somebody that will even swear to their own hurt, and change is not. What does that mean? You committed... And then you find out it's going to cost you. But you do it. Right? You stay with what you said. Man, we live in a society where you can have four lawyers and a 90-page contract. And they still won't do it. <laughs> They'll still get out of it. Right? And you know, there was a time when you look a man in the eye and you shake his hand and that was it. That was it. I mean, a fella died trying to do it. Well, that's godly. That's not just old timey. That's godly. Godly. So we're not just going to be those that talk that we are faithful and reliable and loyal. We're going to demonstrate it by the grace of God. And that's a lot more challenging to do than just talk about it and tell how wonderful you are. It's like marriage, you know, uh, I've had people tell me, you know, men tell me what a great husband they are. And uh, I said, well, that's all fine and good. I said, but that's not really the deal. You know, it's your wife that can tell us how good of a husband you are, not you. <laughs> You're not your husband. <laughs> I'm a great wife. Well, says who? Well, I know I am. I'm a tremendous... Well, you're not your own wife. You're his wife. 
Let's ask him. Oh, this is going over wonderfully. <laughs> but see, that's just elaboration on this. Everybody wants to tell how good they are and how faithful they are. But a real faithful person, he said, who can find them? They are rare. But they're going to be more common around here. Hmm? Come on now, they're going to be more common around here. If we really are interested, there are such tremendous blessings for the faithful man and woman of God. We've read these about in time to come, hearing these wonderful words. But let me just remind you just of a few more. We'll get to these later perhaps. But Proverbs 28, 20, don't turn there. But it says, a faithful man will abound with blessings. One translation says, overflow. Does it pay to be faithful? Faithful people overflow with blessings. Psalm 31, uh, 23 says the Lord preserves the faithful. That's talking about being kept. That's talking about being protected. Do you want to be protected? Do you want to be preserved and kept and, and safe? Be faithful. Be faithful. You're abounding with blessings, being kept, being protected, being preserved, and standing in front of that throne of the Master and hearing, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Come on in here, boy, and enjoy the goodness of the Lord. This is only for who? Not just people that went to church twice. Now, I know a lot of folk don't like to hear this. This is not politically correct. But it's scripturally correct. It is unreasonable. It is deception to think you'll be unfaithful all your life. And you're going to have all these blessings. And you're going to be preserved and protected. And you're going to hear well done, good and faithful servant. Unless you have actually been faithful. So if we believe this, we ought to get on a quest. Come on, if i got some people with me now. Get a, for what? To find out what it is to be faithful and to see to it that we is one. (laughs) That we are one. By the grace of God, can you be faithful? Even if you've been grossly unfaithful in times past, it's possible. All things are possible to him that believes. God can help us. We can become faithful. What is faithfulness? We answered it. A week before last, we answered in a word. What is faithfulness? I can answer it in one word. God. God is faithful. We took the time a couple of weeks ago and read you probably ten or a dozen scriptures that say that. God is faithful. Faithful. Well, what is he? Who is he? What is it about him that makes him faithful? If we find that out and understand that and remember that, we can be like that. We can be like those qualities. We can possess those qualities that make him faithful. We'll be faithful. The first thing we mentioned is this. God is faithful. What makes him faithful? One thing that makes him faithful is he is always faithful. There. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. 
He will never ever let us down. Will there ever come a time that you call on him in faith and he's not there for you? Never. Can't happen. Why? He wouldn't be him. He wouldn't be God. He wouldn't be faithful. If we want to be faithful, we got to be like that, don't we? We should, if we're going to be faithful, we've got to be where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be there. You can't be a faithful daddy and you're never there with your kids. You can't be a faithful wife or husband and you're never there for your spouse. You can't be a faithful employee and you're gone as much as you're there. You know, beware of taking sick days. It's become acceptable in our society to just take a sick day here and there when you don't feel like coming to work. Well, you're either sick or you're not. And it should be called lie day. (laughs) For what a whole lot of folk do. (laughs) They're not here today. What's going on? Well, it's a lie day. (laughs) That's being unfaithful. People are trying to get a job done. They're counting on you to be there. Right? When they hired you, they weren't hiring you to be at home. They were hiring you, expecting you to be there during that period of time and accomplish some things during that period of time. And if you're not there, you can't be faithful and not be there. And we all know that we live in an imperfect world and it's possible for some things to happen that can hinder us, but that should be rare. That should be the exception. It should not be a common occurrence. So if we're going to be faithful, tell me the first thing we've talked about. If you're going to be faithful, what have you got to be? You got to be there. You know, all you got to do is in your church right here, those of you that this is your church. Who are the faithful people? You don't even have to think two minutes about it, do you? Who's the faithful people in the church? Which the people every time you turn around... They're there. Aren't you thankful we do have some indications of faithfulness around here at Faith Life? Somebody's bound to have been faithful. You are sitting in faithfulness. What do you mean? This building, this property. Miracles happened. But some of the miracles were uh, manifested through faithful people. God doing things through faithful people. People came early and they stayed late and they worked and they sowed. We saw some evidences of faithfulness. And don't you think twice about it. People will be rewarded. Not just in this time. I mean to me, the uh, great Branson Victory campaign we just had. That's a reward to me. Of all the work that people have saw. And all the people that came down and got saved. and, and all uh, Man, that's a reward. That's right. I mean, if we hadn't done this and hadn't got the job done, the meetings couldn't be held and things couldn't happen. Oh, thank God for Him gracing us to be able to work. That's a wonderful thing to be strong and be able to work. Have money and be able to buy it and pay for it. Oh, we're blessed. Oh, we're blessed. Well, let's not stop here. Let's not get lax. Let's not go backwards. Let's be even more faithful in the years to come. 
Not just faithful to men, but faithful to God. Now that faithfulness to God is shown up in faithfulness to each other. But we need to realize the bigger picture here. We're not the only ones here. This is His place. This is His place. This is His work. This is His job. He's doing something in the earth. And it's soon to be wrapped up. And if we're smart, we want to be right smack dab in the middle of it, don't we? Right on the cutting edge. And if we lose a little sleep or if we get a little tired here and there or a little dirty, so what? Big deal. We're going to be through with this body soon anyway, right? I mean, use it. Use what we got. Use our talents. Use our resources. Use our opportunities to be faithful to do what he told us to do. How can you be faithful? Tell me number one we've talked about. How can you? How can you be faithful? Got to be there. Got to be there. Now number two. In one word, what is faithfulness? God. What's God like that makes Him faithful? Well, one thing is He's always present. He never Leave you, forsake you. A second thing that makes him so faithful is that he cannot, has never, will not, impossible for him to lie. Lie. There's no such thing as a faithful liar. I want to ask you a simple question, and then uh, we'll touch on it as we go through and actually look on some of your faces. Oh, boy, here we go again. <laughs> Brother Keith, hates lying. Yes, I do. So should you, because he does. This is something we need to get settled in us forever. And it's something we not, need to not play games about. There's a lot of lying going on among Christians. We don't like to think that. We don't like to talk it. We like to come in and put on our good clothes and comb our hair and come in here and go, we're holy. We're all holy. Well, he has made us holy, but the sad thing is, you know, what is a saint? A holy one. We've been made holy by his blood and by what he's done. But the truth is, in churches all over this county and state and all over this country today and people dismiss there will be thousands of lies told in the foyer there will be thousands of lies told out in the parking lot and at the restaurants after the services and on the telephones in the afternoon after church services this is reality And it'd be hard-pressed this morning to find one person in this room that's never told a lie. (laughs) So we're not talking about judging each other. Just look straight ahead and smile and be happy. (laughs) But what we do want to see is the seriousness of lying and make a decision about it in our life. You and I cannot afford one lie you might think well you know everybody's lied yes pretty much everybody has I don't know that you could say everybody but pretty much everybody has but 
It's too accepted in all circles, sadly in Christian circles. You have people that go to church and people that believe in the Lord. They lie in front of their kids. And they'll tell their children to lie to their teachers or to their coaches. And they differentiate between a big old bad lie and just a little white lie. A little white lie is a term to be despised. There is no such thing. And the problem is that masses of people, including church-going folk, they believe and they live like and operate like lying is an option. Well, I couldn't tell them the truth. They couldn't handle the truth. I just couldn't tell them the truth. So you have an option. Do we have an option? Millions believe you do. Well, man, don't put me in that kind of situation. I'd have to lie. How about believers tell me this? I'd have to lie. You'd have to lie. You think lying's an option. Is lying an option? Ever? Here's your option. Tell the truth or say nothing. (laughs) That's your options. Well, everybody's already excited about this, aren't they? (laughs) Can you and I afford to tell one lie? One. What can one lie do to you? Hmm? Now let's back up here. Who's faithful? God. What if God told you one lie? You I see people shaking their heads all over this place going. Now, why is that so impossible seeming to you? Now, notice what would happen. What if he told you one lie? What would happen to everything else he's already told you? Would be brought into question. Oh, can you see that? And anything else he might tell you in the future could be questioned because you know it could be a lie because he did tell you one then. And you see people all the time, they don't like that. People will lie and lie and lie and then they get indignant. Well, I'm telling the truth. You have to believe me. No, we don't. (laughs) You lied. Well, you have to forgive me. We do. But we don't have to believe you. You have to love me. We do. But we don't have to believe you. You have to forgive me and not hold it against me. We do. But we don't have to trust you. In fact, if you trust people that lie to you, it's not because you're a good Christian. It's because you're a fool. Can we afford one lie? We cannot afford one lie because it brings our whole character, our history, and our future into question. 
And the only way you can get past it is to be faithful for a period of time and not tell any lies and only tell the truth for a period of time until people begin to believe that you're no longer a liar. You can do good for three months and tell another lie and what happened? Any confidence or trust you built up is gone. We need to understand the difference between being forgiven and being qualified. God will forgive us, but we can disqualify ourselves from being used in things by being unfaithful. (laughs) How does God feel about lying? Hmm? Is it strong feelings? Light feelings? Is it a big deal? No big deal. Are you in Proverbs? Go uh, to another place here in Proverbs for me. Proverbs 6. Can you be a faithful man or woman and be a liar? Impossible. Can't be. And God will forgive us for lying. But we must stop it if we're going to be faithful. And if we're going to get rewards. Proverbs 6. And 16, these six things does the Lord what? You mean the Lord hates something? Should you hate what he hates? Yes, Yes, you should. Should be in agreement with him on this. Seven are an abomination to him. What are they? A proud look. A what? A lying tongue. These two go together. Pride and lying. I want us to touch on just a few reasons why people lie. Some of the most common ones. And this is one of them right here. A lot of people lie because of pride. How does God feel about it? Does he look at it and go, oh, you know, people lie some. No biggie. No, he hates it. If he hates it, what about you? Say it out loud. God hates lying. So do I. I. Hate's a strong word, isn't it? Huh? What does hate mean? Hate means no tolerance for in your life. We have zero tolerance for lying in our own life. How many lies can we tell? None. None. Ever. None. What's our option? (laughs) We tell the truth or we don't say anything. We do not have the option of lying. God hates it. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies. Wait a minute. Isn't that the same as a lying tongue? He mentions it twice in his short list of seven things. Two of them are about lying. False witness that speaks lies and he that sows discord among the brethren. How many know a lot of times that's lying involved? How did you sow that discord among the brethren? Can you see lying is such a big part of this whole list? Of all the things God could have said, I hate these things. 
Now God is love. You just don't hear too many scriptures about him saying he hates something. And if he hates it, you and I should be right there with him. You hate it, I hate it. What do you hate this morning? Come on, tell me. You hate lying. You hate lies. Say it out loud. I hate lying. I hate lying. lying. See, we love liars, but we hate lying. There's a big difference. We don't hate people, but we hate lies. That means when we're tempted to lie, when somebody lies to us, when a lie is involved, I mean the music is supposed to stop. Everything is supposed to stop and we go, whoa, whoa. Did somebody just tell a lie? And nothing can go on until this is dealt with. See, that's not our society today, is it? Hmm? Is lying pervasive in our society? It's so pervasive till people excuse it and make excuses for it. I mean, I've had preachers more than once look at me in the eye and just lie to me. Preachers. Well, is that okay? Are they faithful people? You can't be a faithful man and tell lies. You can't be a faithful woman and tell lies. No such thing as a little lie. Just a little lie. Oh, no big deal. It's just a little lie. No. You have violated your own integrity. You have used the relationship with this person, the trust they have in you, you have used it to deceive them. That's what the devil does. Can you see what a serious thing this is? How many lies can we tell? None. No lies. No lies. What if it cost you to tell the truth? I only got five people with me. I said, what if it cost you something to tell the truth? Then you tell the truth. But you don't compromise your integrity. You don't become a partner with the enemy of God and partake of something and involve yourself in something God said he hates. He hates. And we're not talking about yesterday. We're not talking about last week. We're not talking about last month. We're not talking about what you and I have done in the past. We're talking about today. Right? God will forgive us. Won't he? He'll forgive us. I don't care if you were the lionest person on your block. God will forgive you. Not only will he forgive you, he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He will forgive you and not remember it anymore and not bring it up to you. Not mention it to you. How many believe the blood can cleanse you from lies as though you had never told that lie in the eyes of God? And that's what the blood can do for us. But we got to do something about today. We got to do something about tomorrow. We got to be faithful. We got to be faithful men and women, faithful husbands and wives. You know, just a simple question like, where were you? Where were you? How many understand living like this will keep you out of sin? If you absolutely will never tell a lie, then you know you can't do that because they'd double to ask you when you come home where you've been and you can't lie. What have you been doing? You can't lie. 
And especially with your spouse and with your family. I mean, it ain't going to cut it for you to just always go, I can't say. <laughs> I can't tell you where I've <laughs> I, I can't say what I've been doing. Well, okay. You can't say. I mean, that might go with a stranger, but that ain't going to cut it with your wife and your husband. <laughs> Are you with me, though? Yeah. If you had it set in you. Like stone that you will not lie. That'll help keep you out of trouble. Won't it? Because you know they're liable to ask me. (laughs) And I I can't lie. So I got to keep things right. So if it comes up. (laughs) I can say the right thing. (laughs) I can live with what I got to say. (laughs) Chapter 12, Proverbs 12. This is helping us, guys. This is helping us. I believe we're going to have a church full of truth tellers. Church full of faithful people. They wouldn't lie to you no matter what. They would not lie to you. Chapter 12, are you there? 12, 22. Read it out loud with me. Lying lips are what? Man, that's a strong word. They are an abomination to the Lord. But they that deal what? Truly are what? Are His delight. Think about parents. All you got to do is think about this just a moment. It's a tough situation. Your child, if they tell the truth, they're in trouble. It's hard. They're going to deal with it. Makes them look bad. And they lie to you. They try to convince you that a lie is true. They bat their eyes at you and say, oh, daddy. Oh, mama, I would never do that. No, I was over at a friend's house. And you know it. It's not true. What does that do to you? Is it an abomination? You love them, but what they're doing, you hate. But at the other side of it, what if they look at you? They know they're going to be grounded for six months. (laughs) They know. They know. Ain't no easy way out of this. This is going to cost me. And they step up and go, yes, sir. I was there. I did it. There's something in you that's delighted. Hmm? Why? Because they are showing character. Right? You, so many things that maybe you can't even comprehend with your head are going off inside. This is the kind of stuff that will cause it to go well with them in life. This is the kind of stuff that will keep their marriage from being destroyed later on when they're married. That will make them a good example to their kids. Oh, come on. This. This. Is what God can bless. Is it easy? No, it's not always easy. But like I said, if you get it set in you like stone that you're not going to lie, it'll keep you from doing that kind of stuff. Because you know you can't try to lie and hide it. And so if you're not ready, just go straight back home and tell everybody what you did. It's just easier not to do it. 
I don't think I'll do that. <laughs> Proverbs 13.5. Just over one page or maybe not that much. 13.5. What does it say? We saw what that God hates it. But here it applies directly to us. A righteous man does what? Hates lying. Do you hate lying? Say it out loud. I hate lying. I hate lying. If it's an abomination to God, it's an abomination to me. Who invented lying? Hmm? God did not invent lying. Lying was not a part of his original creation. Was it? Who invented lying? Jesus said in John 8 that Satan is a liar. And when he speaks a lie, he's speaking his own language. He's the father of it. The scripture says. Do we want to talk the devil's language? Do we want to yield to him? And be a partner with him in deception. We must not be. How many understand it's no coincidence. That the word holy word. Is called the word of truth. That the Holy Spirit is called. The spirit of truth. Jesus says I am the way. I am what? The truth. And the life. Somebody say truth. 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 The Bible talks about individuals in the New Testament that would not receive the love of the truth, and so they were given over to deception and blindness. Say it out loud, I love the truth. I've made this statement, sometimes people look at you funny. I love the truth more than I love anything or anybody. And people look at you like, you're supposed to love Jesus. That's what I said. He is the truth. You're supposed to love the Word of God. That's what I said. The Word of God is the truth. Sit out loud. I love the truth more than anything. I hate a lie. Well, if you really do, your lying days are over. I said, if you really do. How many say you could come in this service today? You could sit up and you could go ho-hum and look at your watch and be glad when you got out. And tell lies the rest of your life. Maybe not every day, but just when it was convenient. Huh? Keep you out of trouble. Get what you want. Whatever. Cover your hide. (laughs) Or, or, something could happen supernatural in here today. Something could happen in you that would change you forever. That you would see lying like God does. And that you'd get on his side about this. And you'd get such a love of him and love of the truth. And such a desire to please him and honor him and be faithful to him. That you say, this is it. This is it. From this day forward, I will never lie again. So what if I make a mistake? That's not the same thing as lying. Lying is when you know better. You know what you're saying is not right. And nobody ever has to do that again. Well, we should be excited if our lying days are over. (laughs) If you're kind of still trying to decide, well, then that would explain the uncomfortable silence. (laughs) 
<laughs> go, <laughs> go to the book of Psalms. <laughs> Psalms 12. Do you have some more time? Hmm? Sure you do. Come on, let's, let's finish this up strong. Because <laughs> you're not going to lie and say, I got something else I got to go do. <laughs> I got to get out of here because I got something. Yeah, what you got to do? What is it you got to do? How <laughs> many understand lying is a pervasive thing in Christians? People call on the phone. Is so and so there? No. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. They're looking right at you. I'm sorry. They're not here. Liar? Is that okay? Is it remotely okay? God hates it. It's an abomination to Him. It's not that hard to fix. They're not available for the phone. You you want to choose each one of your words. Don't say they can't come to the phone unless they got something in both hands and got their foot on something. (laughs) Can't come. If they just look at you and go, I'm not available to talk right now. Then they told you they're not available. And they're not available. Or to be their choice. Or you may just want to say, I don't want to talk on the phone right now. <laughs> I want to rest. I want to do this. I want to do this. And if people's got any sense, they wouldn't be offended about it. Because they know themselves, they don't want to talk on the phone sometime either. <laughs> oh, I understand. How many know what I'm talking about? We must eliminate these things from our life. We must think about what we're saying and only say what is true or just don't say anything about that. We must get this right. Psalm 12, are you there? Psalm 12, verse 1. What does it start off with? (laughs) What does it say? Help, Lord. How come? What did make you cry out? Help, Lord. For the godly man ceases. For the faithful fail from among the children of men. Verse 2. They speak vanity, every one with his neighbor, with flattering lips and with a double heart. Do they speak? What's one of the biggest characteristics he's describing of people not being faithful? Lying. The Lord will cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Let me read this to you from another translation. The complete Jewish Bible says, Help, Adonai. No one godly is left. The faithful have vanished from humankind. Now, you know, depending on where you drop into humanity right now on the earth, you might think, man, where's the godly folks? Where are the faithful? You would think there's not any around. It goes on to say, they all tell lies to each other. They flatter with their lips. The NCV says, everyone lies to his neighbor. They say one thing and mean another. Everyone lies. It would seem that way in many places today. 
Everybody lies. But they're not faithful people then. And it's not being godly. Lying is one of the most ungodly things we could ever do. Lying is one of the most unfaithful things we could ever do. How many want to be godly? You want to be like the Lord? How many want to be faithful? Then your lying days are over. Period. We tell the truth or we don't talk. I can't tell them the truth. Then be quiet. That's the only other option you got. And a lot of times that just like we've already talked, that don't cut it. So you're going to have to say something even though it costs you. You're going to have to face it and deal with it. And of course, if we'll live better, we avoid those situations, don't we? If we live better, telling the truth is not a problem. Where were you this morning? Church? (laughs) Where were you? At work. And if they called, that's where you were. And how many stand? Oh, friends, listen. If this is true with you day in, day out, your spouse can trust you. They relax. They're not dealing with all these thoughts and all these feelings. Your kids trust you. Oh, come on. Your employer trusts you. Your pastors trust you. You are a rock. You're a rock in the family. You're a rock. Every time you say you're there, you're there. Every time you say you do it, you do it. Every time you are a rock. Somebody say, that's me. By the grace of God. That's me. But you could do that for five years and come in and tell one lie. And what does it do to it? All that trust that's been built over that time, you just destroyed it. Not to say you could never get it back, but it's going to take a while. And no need for you to get upset because people don't trust you because you're the reason they don't trust you. Nobody made you tell that lie. You're the one that ruined it. So be patient with them if it takes them two years to get where they believe you again. It's your fault. Right? Whose fault is it? If you told the Lord, it's your fault. Well, they're supposed to forgive me. Forgiving you and trusting you are not the same thing. Trust can be rebuilt. Thank God. But if you're wise, you will not throw away years of trust With one lie. You won't do it. You understand how valuable this relationship is. And this trust and integrity. It's too valuable. To toy with. Let me go over this briefly I think. Go to Ephesians. Please. And let me mention these few things I think will be done. While you're turning to Ephesians. Let me remind you of this. In the New Testament, where do we see the swiftest, most severe judgment recorded? What was it about? (laughs) Ananias and Sapphira. What happened to them? Fell dead instantly. Now that's about as severe as it can get in dealing with something in this life. No talking. <laughs> no crying and praying, just falling and dying right now. 
What was it over? What was it over? They stood up there and they lied to Peter's face. Didn't they? Over money. Over money. And Peter said, you didn't just lie to me. You lied to God. You trying to deceive the Holy Ghost? And that's the last thing he ever heard. <laughs> Boom. Man, this is amazing what kind of church they had. The service kept going. <laughs> Didn't it? The service. Some of the ushers came and got the old boy. And didn't notify his next of kin, didn't call a funeral home, just took him out and dug a hole and buried him. And came back in. Three hours later, service is still going. That's like at Faith Life, ain't it? Three hours later, Sapphira comes in, and Peter says, I got a question for you. Y'all sold some property, yeah? Bringing it all to the church, yeah? We're going to sow it all in the church. You sowing it all in the church. Now see, today, people would be indignant if the pastor said anything. At all. How dare him question you about whether this was all or not. That's just because things have degenerated so far. And many pastors have become nothing but hirelings. And people have itching ears. And if they don't tell them what they want to hear, they send them packing and get them another one. But that wasn't the case back in this day. Was it? She said, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's the entire amount, and we just want to give it all to the church. He said, how is it that you both have agreed together to tempt the Lord? The feet of the ushers, this is my version now, that just came in from burying your man are here just in time to take you out. And she gasped and hit the ground dead. And the usher says, man, there's another one. Okay, get her. Let's go. Wonder how many we're going to have today. And they took her out and buried her beside her husband. Now, we're laughing about it, but does it get any more serious than being judged to die instantly. What was it about? Tell me what was it about? Lying. Lying. Should we take lying seriously? We want the power of God in our services on the level that it was then and even greater. But we'd have to be prepared for the same kind of things. Maybe it's been the mercy of God. That we haven't had power to some levels. But that's not the answer. That's not the solution. The solution is that we don't lie. 
ever. Ephesians 4. Verse 23. Be renewed. 423. In the spirit of your mind. Put on the new man. Which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Who's he talking to in this letter? Who's he talking to? Back up to one one Ephesians 1.1. Who's it addressed to? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. To who? To the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ. To the who? To the who? Faithful. Saints. And faithful. Would you have to write to Christians and tell them to quit lying? He did. In fact, if you look up that phrase in the Greek, it was it says, lie not one to another. The implication is, quit lying. Why would you tell somebody quit lying? Because they've been lying. Why would you write to Christians? Would you ever need to write to Christians and say, quit lying? Quit lying. Stop lying. Now real quickly in closing, why do people lie? We've already seen one, pride. People lie to impress other people, don't they? They want them to think more highly of themselves than what they really are. They want you to think, my life is different than what it really is. Lying. Try to convince you they make more money than they do. They're smarter than they are. They know more about God and things than they do. People lie about, you know, people lie about their prayer life. Isn't that a stupid thing? About what they got in prayer. About their visions and about their... I've had people come to me, you know, and want to tell me, all these things you're doing today, Brother Keith, I saw it in the Spirit. And the Spirit of God say, they're lying. They're lying. They're just trying to impress you somewhere or another. They think that you'll be overwhelmed by it and, and give them a place somewhere or another. I saw all this. I knew all that. Yeah, after it happened, you saw it. <laughs> Heard about it on the radio. Saw it on TV. I saw all this. I knew all this. You think if you lie like that, the Holy Spirit's going to get more involved with you and, and show you things? Pride. Pride. Yeah, we made all kind of money on this and we had this amazing deal and we did this and we gave all this away. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Isn't that what Ananias and Sapphira fell dead over? Lying about what they were doing with money concerning the church? Trying to impress is why people lie. Don't try to impress. Just be impressive. Let your life talk for itself. Let your actions speak for themselves. Don't seek to convince somebody. The more people tell you, I'm amazing. I'm amazing. Really. I'm amazing. The less you should believe it. Because if they really were, they wouldn't have to be saying it. I'm spiritual. I'm spiritual. Wow, am I spiritual. I get stuff. I see. Yeah. Mm -mm. 
People lie to impress. Why else do people lie? People lie for personal gain, don't they? Oh, man, you want to see some lying, get some money involved. People will lie. I've told my church going, Bible toting, DVD playing, note taking people will lie over $20. Lie. If the difference between you getting to keep the money or the money goes away, all you got to do is tell a lie and you get to keep the money. I wouldn't even want to venture what percentage of Christians will lie. Friend, tests will come your way, won't they? Things will come along where you'll be proven. And if you tell the truth, it's going to cost you some money. If you tell the truth, you're not going to get that money. But what, do you have a choice? Is there an option? You have no choice. You're a believer. You're not just a believer, you're a faithful believer. Right? So what are we going to do? That's not the whole crowd. If you tell the truth, it's going to cost you $10,000. What do we do? Well, I'm going to have to pray about that. No, you ain't got to pray about that. <laughs> I'm going to have to think about No, you ain't got nothing to think about. The truth is not optional. Is God able to give you twice that much? Is He able to take care of you? Well, I won't get paid as much time this week. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Well, I won't get part of that commission. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. God can't bless you and you lying. See, people are kidding themselves. They're making confessions, making confessions, and then turn around and tell a lie. That doesn't work. You're undoing your faith. You're undermining your words and confessions. People lie to impress. People lie for personal gain and benefit. If it'll benefit me, if I'll get money. People come in lie. Are you a, a senior citizen? <laughs> you get a discount on your meal. <laughs> now let me think about that. Ain't nothing to think about. Well, you standing there pausing. Well, I will be in a year. That means you ain't. <laughs> well, your kids get to get in if they're under 12. Let me figure here. You ain't got to figure. That boy's 13. Yeah, but I saved $10. And you're going to compromise your integrity. You're going to undermine your faith. You're going to give people a reason not to trust you over $10. Every time something comes up, you need to pause and think, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And you look them in the face and tell them the truth. People lie for personal benefit. Why else do people lie? Help me out here. There's a lot of reasons, but we need to touch on another couple of main ones. Why else? People lie. And I'll just combine these two. People lie because of shame. And embarrassment. And uh, they lie to avoid responsibility. Don't they? Some things you tell the truth, it's going to make you look bad. Hmm? 
Some things you tell the truth, it may cause people not to respect you as much. And that's hard to take. But the truth is the truth. It doesn't change just because you wish it was different. Hmm? People don't want to be responsible. I mean, yeah, I've seen cases where you've got ten Christians working in an office and something get broke. And you want to know, who did this? Who broke it? Nobody. <laughs> no, nobody knows. Nothing. I mean, it's nobody. Are we to believe we've got unfaithful people working in the office? I understand these things should not require any time. He shouldn't require any interviews. Somebody step up and go. Shouldn't take 10 seconds, should it? Who did this? I did it. Hmm? Be a man. Be a woman. Be a person of integrity. I don't care if you burnt the house down and run over the dog. Come on, step up. No, it ain't good. No, people ain't going to be happy. But at least if you'll confess it, you can get grace. You can get mercy. God will help you. But if you cover it and you hide it, you have given people a reason to not trust you and not believe in you. You violated your integrity. You're not faithful before God. He, you're taking away His right to protect you and preserve you. You're taking away His legal right to bless you and overflow you. You're taking away His right to look at you one day and say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Everybody stand up, please. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.